Go. Oh, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. We're going to do some behind the scenes, some hot BTS. This is the Pretty in Pasadena podcast. This is a special edition for our event, Besties and Beer. Recorded live at Stone Company Store, Pasadena. What's your favorite thing about Pasadena? Rose Parade. Mount Tree. Pasadena Humane Society. Craftsman Style. Rose Bowl. Restaurant. Colorado Bridge. City Hall. Central Park. Lake Shopping District. Huntington Library. Pacific Auditorium. Pretty in Pasadena. Pretty in Pasadena. Pretty in Pasadena. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Michelle. We are best friends and neighbors, living locally and celebrating our community. This is more than just a pretty place. Together, we are Pretty in Pasadena. Hey, Mackenzie. Hey, Michelle. So I'm pretty excited. Where are we today? So we are at the Stone Company store in Pasadena. I am so excited. I am so excited, too, because we have four beers each in front of us, and I'm a little scared, but I'm also really excited. I'm so excited. So, Stone, <laughs> so Michelle, this is not our first time here. Uh, no, by I would any say means. it's not our first time no, here. This we, might be our second office or third office. I would say that this is actually probably like our second office. Like We come here all the time, whether it's to work on Pretty in Pasadena stuff, just to hang out. It's such a fun part of the community and it's such a cool place to hang out it's right next to the del mar station i mean it's in the center of town basically yeah it is i love we love the food across the way so yeah well one of the things i really love about coming here is you never know who you're going to run into like it's it's such a gathering place for everyone in the community and you know everybody on staff everybody on team is so great it's like it's one of those places it's kind of like my cheers almost like i come in (laughs) everyone knows your name and i love that and i know that we're not the only ones because i see like the team interacting with other people and they know everyone's name so yeah, it's absolutely. just a cool spot. Well, that's Speaking why of the team, besties and beer. Yeah. So hey, it's a great place for best friends exactly. to meet up. And we have some of our friends here with us today. Um, today we are with Mike Rodriguez, Hello. manager of Stone Pasadena Company Store, and Jose Flores. Hey, how's it going? One of the mastermind brewers behind the Stone Spotlight Series winner, and that's the Stone 22nd Anniversary Antimatter Double IPA. Um, and I think we're going to kick it off by asking everyone here what their favorite style of beer is. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us, yeah. first of all. Let's cheers. Yeah, thank you. Really cheers to you guys. Thank you so much for having us and uh, thinking about us for uh, all of this. Yeah. Here, grab one of these. That's a good one. Trust me. I feel good about that one. There we go. Cheers. Guys, to everybody. Okay, awesome. This is really fun, guys. Thanks for thanks for having us here. Absolutely, and I think uh, for that question, got to start with a guest of honor, uh, yeah. Jose, because oh, it's kind you. of a little bit of a homecoming for him. So, yeah. uh, go for it, buddy. What's your What's oh, yeah. your favorite style of beer? <laughs> well, first first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me right here. It's great to be back uh, to the store where I started my career with Stone. That is so um, cool. My favorite style of beers are barley wines. I like big chewy beers like that high ABV go very nice with cigars so yeah Yeah. how about you Mike yeah I uh, I won't discriminate I like anything you put in front of me to be completely (laughs) honest with you but I find that the thing that's always in my fridge and the thing that I 
tend to gravitate towards most are, are going to be IPAs and proper West Coast IPAs. You know, a lot of hop punch, lighter, you know, m medium bodied um, and all just hop aggressive. I love that classic bittering that, you know, what we're kind of synonymous with. And uh, that's my favorite go to thing. So. Yeah, this honestly, I feel like this brewery is the perfect place for like an IPA. I mean, everything you guys brew is so amazing. But like if you're ever just craving like a no matter what you order, if it's an IPA here, you know, it's going to be good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's our specialty. We, we've been focusing on IPA since like the beginning of the company, like yeah, yeah uh, twenty two uh, years ago. Our first years. anniversary beer was a Stone IPA, and really? it's still here. Oh, I love and that. that's the idea. You know, I we're we're synonymous that. with it. We're unapologetically aggressive when it comes down to hop usage. We love that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beauty about having a place like this is it allows us to also do. Uh, things outside of that that people don't realize Stone does. So you, you right. know, people will come in and go, oh, you guys have a barley wine, or oh, you guys have a stout, or you guys do Belgian beers, the whole nine. So yeah. it's really fun. Absolutely. That's so cool. What, what's, your, what's your favorite, Mackenzie? I'm, I'm with Mike. I love a good IPA. I have like very rarely met an IPA I did not like. Um, I, I really love, like right now I'm super into like really juicy, really um, like super hoppy IPAs, almost like a hazy IPA. Like I always say I'm crazy for hazy. My husband's <laughs> like, it's not funny anymore. I say it every time I order one. I'm like, you know me, crazy for hazy. And he's like, shut up. It's not funny oh, anymore. <laughs> but I am. I, I'm really into hazy IPAs right now. What about you, Michelle? Awesome. Well, let's see. I'm in favor of any beer. Is My favorite beer is a beer <laughs> that someone has bought for yeah, me. Yeah, totally. yeah. Number one. Um, and then let's say number two, um, I really, because I don't know if you about you all, but it's been a hot summer. I'm really into sours. Cool. Um, because oh, yeah. I know not everyone is, and it's like, a, it depends what your tastes are, <laughs> but like, I love a, a yeah. sour on yeah, a yeah. hot summer day. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm I've been into sours a lot. I have, like, we a have small that. window. I don't know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I feel like the sours, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, sometimes I kind of, like, drink seasonally. Like, there are certain totally. beers that I yeah, I really like during this warmer months. And then, I mean, an IPA is, like, a standby, like, any time that you ever want to have an IPA is, like, the oh, yeah. perfect time. But there are definitely yeah. certain beers that, like, maybe a porter or something's, like, awesome when it's cold out. Yeah, so. I'm a total mood guy when nice. it comes down yeah. to beers as well. Like, summertime, I, like, randomly, stouts are one of my favorite things to do during summertime just because, I don't yeah. know if it's maybe association but one of my favorite things to do in the evening sit down have a stout have a cigar Ooh. the pairing on a like really cool summer night is beautiful i yes. love it so all about it that's, that's awesome right <laughs> i know so i think i know what my nightcap's gonna be right exactly oh my well that's awesome well we always start this podcast off with a few fun facts yeah so we thought this would be fun um, I'm going to read them off, and then you guys react to them. Tell me if you like ever heard of them or if you know of them. Okay, so first one, uh, history of brewing beer. So beer brewing was for women, and it was not until the process of malting was discovered, uh, or they discovered that basically women originally brewed beer. Did you guys know that? Yes. You guys always done that? Okay. Absolutely. So like, we, ha we have to tell us more. Like, that is so cool. As a woman who loves beer, I need to know all the info. You want to take it? Oh, yeah. And also, uh, I'm glad that I work in this industry because we focus a lot, like, in, in that aspect. Like, there's a lot of, like, involvement, like, women being involved in the brewing industry. Like, for example, the Pink, Pink Boot Society, which is a, you know, it's a group of women that tend to, like, you know, uh, help each other in the brewing industry. That's super cool. And with cool. us, uh, Laura Ulrich, 
it, she's she's a president. She works for Stone as well. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, I learned is, so like, much from her, and I owe her, her so That's much. Cool. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Would you say that women? I mean, obviously, this fun fact is saying that like women started brewing, but like in the in the more like recent years, like last fifty years or so, would you say that like? women are like getting more involved in it or has oh, it always yeah, sort of been it's, well, women I have think been that, involved and uh, looking at it it's, it's kind of always been um, no matter what trend happens there's always a woman in a brew house and like it's sort of now we're singing the praises a little bit more and really focusing more on that and emphasizing that, whereas that just wasn't a thing. You know, for the longest time, you had a lot of marketing campaigns from, you know, Big Beer, which we're right. not very close with, um, who were, you know, it was a guy thing to drink beer and women were the ones who sold it to you. They were the objectifying aspect of beer and that's so dumb. Right. Um, and I'm really happy to, to work for a company that's just like, yeah, no, not cool. Right. Not cool at all. And exactly what, uh, what Jose said, you you know, Laura, who's in Small Batch, is just an amazing brewer, and she's president of the Pink Boots Society. If you don't uh, aren't familiar with that, PinkBootsSociety.org. They awesome. also offer um, scholarships, job placement to their members. You have to be uh, working within the beer industry or have been retired after a certain tenure, something like that. Uh, but they're, it's a wonderful organization, one by run by amazing people, and you know, it's that's so fantastic, that is really, so really cool. cool. Uh, we'll and make sure to put that in the show notes in the blog as well. So if you're listening, you didn't quite catch that. We'll make sure that it's it's listed in there for sure. The That's other really incredible. fun fact about the whole Mesopotamian thing, though, is uh, there's a goddess protector of beer uh, in <laughs> so awesome. Sumerian, uh, in ancient Sumerian culture, uh, called Ninkasi. Ninkasi. Okay. And yeah, there's songs to Ninkasi. And it's really freaking. I wish cool. you all could see Mackenzie's face right now. <laughs> I am so excited. That's so. In that cool. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Perfect. Well, really I, you know, perfect. I feel like there's sort of a misconception sometimes, like, oh, like, women don't drink beer. Like, they just drink wine and, like, you know, martinis and whatever. And that, I don't think, could be further from the truth. Like, I have so many girlfriends and so many women that I know that, like, love, love absolutely appreciate it and love beer. And it really is, it's just as much an appreciation as you might have for wine. There's so many different styles and, and everything. Yeah. So it really is, it's... It's accessible to everybody, I think. And places like Stone are making it accessible yeah, to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And it absolutely should be. There shouldn't be any delineation between gender or anything like that. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's beer for everyone. Yeah, Beer totally. for the people. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing, so. Well, if you guys are even more curious about the history of women brewing beer, um, we did find a really awesome article. Um, so take a look um, at this article. You can find it online. It's um, in Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, and it's just called How Women Brewsters Save the World. And we'll have that linked in our show notes as well. You can read all about the history of women in beer. And we're going to skip ahead to like some fun facts, other fun facts that are on here. Did you know that there were no beer bottles until 1850? I did not. Did you guys know that? So I knew a little bit about that, but how about you, Jose? Nope. So that's new. What's really cool is, uh, yes, I admit, I took the tour at uh, Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis because you kind of have to. So we yeah. went and we you know, checked it all out. What was really neat is they actually had bottles from when they first started packaging, but the problem was they couldn't make them uniform. So oh. they were all different sizes, and that's why you know the production of, of bottles just wasn't a thing. Yeah. It was easier to put everything into a barrel, roll that barrel out, get it to where you need to go, tap it, done. Right. Uh, so that was kind of the idea. I think the other cool thing about it is, it's like before then people would take their buckets and go to taverns and fill them up. Uh, yes, that's, that's actually the, where the growler name comes from. Comes from? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that's the thing is that those the that vessel was made of wood, and because of the carbonation, it used to 
growl. So that's pretty much it. rubbing against itself and all that. Yeah. It used to growl. Yep. I always wondered. I have quite a few growlers myself, and I always wondered why in the world is this called a growler. Now we know. I like to think also that it's just your stomach growling for more beer. Also, that's generally how I approach it. I also kind of think I love that beer has always been a communal thing. Like it's always kind of like a community thing. People come together to like get it and like take it back. Anyway. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. totally. Back There's when you used to be able to send your kid to go get beer for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So last fun fact: um, the world's oldest brewery has been making beer for almost a thousand years. Did you a know that? A thousand years. And it's still in the same location. Yep. Um, I don't know how to say this. So, what's the name of this brewery, guys? Vihen Stefaner. I can't even repeat that back to you, but that's cool. Even more fun fact is that uh, we are their uh, Southern California distributor. No way! Yeah. yeah. Huh. That is so cool. Something new. Yeah, super cool. So that's it's, it's really, really, cool. really rad. Oh, wow. That's Beer is awesome. Beer solid. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Their Hefeweizen is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, I definitely had it. I just I didn't know that they were one of the oldest breweries, like, literally yeah. ever. It's cool. It's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Okay. So one of the things that we are here, you know, because we love beer, um, we did find out that beer is the world's most widely consumed alcoholic beverage and a third, the third most popular drink overall after water and tea. And people all over the world just love beer. So can you guess, Mackenzie, how many gallons do you think an average American consumes? Of beer every year. Are you asking me personally? Yeah. Or? No, I don't know. Just make oh. a guess. Um, how many gallons? One American. An average one. I'm going to say like like 70. 70. <laughs> <laughs> I just said oh, wow. Only in our lives do we drink I 70 I appreciate gallons. that about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. saying like, I mean, I've been first Thanks for opening like, tabs. You got to like try to keep stone in business. Well, it? like an entire year if you think about it, like how much, how many gallons is in a growler? Uh, it's half a uh, yeah. quarter gallon. Yeah, half a quarter. Some, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I made oh, my mark 64. Yeah, half a gallon. Math. I like that. I'm going like with 70. Go 70. Yeah, I say 70. Okay, an average American consumes 23 gallons of beer. Oh, wow. That's not an American I want to be friends with. Yeah. I kind of they well, and that's oh, the funny thing is that's like still relatively low. You look at what uh, Germany consumes um, on average, and it's just like so much higher. Yeah, it's kind of. Right. Uh, that's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Well, next time you fill up your growler and take it into your local tap room or to Stone, now just think about that. You know what? Gallons. That could be a New Year's resolution. You can start <laughs> January 1st and like track how many gallons you drink. Let's all report back next year this time there's, and let's, let's well, announce. Like, well, there's yeah, a problem when you start doing that is that you definitely forget that you were doing that yeah. after a couple of like, you know, if it's like tracking your, uh, your calories, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. I didn't have that half a Snickers bar. Yeah. Totally. That's not going in the log. Yeah. Like, how did I gain those extra times? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They need a Fitbit for beer. That's beer. what they need. Like where you put in how many like growlers you filled up that weekend. And round is oh. a shape, and I am in shape. <laughs> calories. What is that? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll get down to the serious questions here because we are all dying to know. Um, Mackenzie and I love beer. We actually don't know a lot about the process of making beer. So do you guys like have a quick version of explaining how beer is made? Oh, uh, sure. Um, so you first mill the grain. 
and then you mash it in and you pretty much steep it pretty much like tea that will extract our sugars that that's what we want and then we kind of like separate the grain with the what it's called the wort which is beer without being fermented yet and so then we it comes to a boil and we we that's where we throw hops we throw some other ingredients and then it goes to fermentation after five our, well our fermentation is very uh, vigorous so between like five to seven days we already have the fermentation done but it usually takes like two or three weeks depending on the style and then after that it goes to dry hopping and then filtered and then packaged cool. to you guys and then to the glass you know that's so cool the funny thing about the whole thing too is that the aspect of yeast was actually is actually still fairly recent as far as the history of beer is concerned uh, and so we were kind of talking about Nenkasi and how you know we had these goddess uh, protectors of beer uh, and that continued all the way through the uh, Abbey days in Europe where you know priests and nuns were brewing this beer uh, believed that it was the souls of peace, uh, priests who had passed away who were coming in to bless this liquid and turn it into beer. Like, it, and it wasn't until somebody, you know, when they finally discovered that yeast was the catalyst for it that you know the science really took off on it. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's a trip. That's so beer cool. Magical drink. It really is. It really, really is. All right. So Mackenzie has a question. Yeah. She so wants to know. Some of you guys may have seen um, earlier uh, during the week in one of the stories that we posted on Pretty and Pasadena Instagram, I was pouring a beer into a glass, and I had a pint glass, and a lot of the time, you know, people will put pint glasses in their freezer, so they get nice and frosty and cold, and then they'll pour the beer in there, but I've heard two different things. I've heard that you should drink your beer in a cold glass, and then I've also heard that you should drink it in, like, a, like a regular room temperature glass, and I noticed when I come to breweries, and places like Stone, that you guys always serve it in um, almost like a tulip glass usually, and it's right. never frozen. So so what's the right way to, to serve it? All right, so there, there are a few uh, things that we I would like to go like with a, with a cold glass. It will... Your carbonation is not going to be on point because like cold pretty much attracts the carbonation. It'll make it like a little bit like... It won't be as, as pleasing. Also, um, what I don't like is that that mug is sitting in your fridge and it's getting all that condensation in your fridge inside, and I don't Other like that flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about what's in your freezer. Right. Free, like freezing to your glass oh, yeah, and then really pouring a beer into that and drinking whatever was in that condensation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Food for well, and there's different types of glasses, too. So. So does that mean that certain beers should be poured? Like usually people have a pint glass, you get them as a souvenir or whatever, and people just think they should pour every single beer into that glass. But that's probably not true, right? Well, I think Jose and I actually had a discussion about this when he was working here um, where we had a back and forth about like the pint glass. And you know, I think at the time you were pro pint glass and I've, I'm con pint glass, but you know, what are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's better on a tulip. Uh, well, the thing is that the pine glass is, the, you know, it's so perfect in your hand, but it's not good for beer, you know, because you cannot, like, for, for example, like, right now, with a, with a tulip glass, you can swirl it. Right. Again, you know, you get more aromatics, and, you know, it will, it will have more head retention than what a pine glass is, you know. I a pine glass is very, you know, not, 
I wouldn't say good, but you know, like just having a pint glass in your hand is like, you know, it's easier to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's why it's pretty much more popular in the bar in bars around because they don't really have that you know culture of just like like tasting beer and you know like right. which is changing because there's a lot of bars that are switching to tilt glasses and all that you know because craft beer is getting bigger and bigger right. every day yeah. so, it's almost know. disrespectful to the craft beer to pour it into a pint glass a frozen pint glass right is right, that what right. you'd say yeah and especially as a you know representing a brewery not a bar very different yes. what do we want our beer in right. and we right. take that approach you know it's it's yeah pint glasses are really easy to stack they're easy to carry they're easy to move around cool fine but it doesn't do the beer any justice and it doesn't do right. your experience uh, with that beer any justice either because exactly what he said you can move that around if you notice a lot of those tulips they taper for the same reason any glass tapers any wine glass tapers any whiskey glass tapers um high surface area you're able to retain more um aromas within that glass um it focuses all of that into your nose and that's where we really taste everything um so you know it's it's got to be the whole experience and it's also i mean you're looking at it it's beautiful it is beautiful. You eat nice with your to eyes too. Like it's it's a it's a rad thing. So, yes. um, pint glasses. I mean, they're they're shaker pints. So they're they're built for utility. They're built for bartenders. Uh, they have their place. I have pint glasses at home, but I usually use them for water. I have other you know beer glasses, and they're definitely styles of glasses that are used traditionally for certain styles. You know, pilsner glasses and all that sort of jazz. But I yeah. find that the the tulip is one of my favorites for profiling, and I I love using them. Oh yeah, me too. I, I'm not using pint anymore. No. That was, yeah, that was like six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was so six years ago. <laughs> exactly. So if you're in the market then, you know, if you go to like a great brewery and you go into like their merch shop or something, or even if you're just chatting with the brewer, with the bartender, ask them all these questions because they can, they can, you know, guide you in the right direction of what kind of beer really goes best with what glass and what will do it most justice. So throw away yeah, your pint glasses, absolutely. people. And then any great brewery will definitely be able to speak to that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. That answered a very specific question that we've been wondering about. Um, can Mike, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Stone since we are here in one of the company stores? Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the history and then we'll dive into like learning more about Jose and like more about the anniversary beer and what's sure. coming up. Yeah, so um, Stone started back in 1996. Um, it was started by Greg Cook, Steve Wagner. And what's funny is that they actually knew each other before they realized that they had a shared love of craft beer. Um, Greg Cook used to own, I don't know if he still does or, or how he's involved with it, uh, Downtown Rehearsal in downtown. So a bunch of like band spaces that you can go and rent out. And Steve Wagner was in a band that used to rent out some of that space. And so they had like a couple quick interactions or whatever, but yeah, um, cool. as they would have it, um, they both attended the same um, sensory evaluation class at UC Davis. And, you know, they were looking at each other going like, where do I know you from? I swear I know you. And finally they had that connection and, you know, they kind of caught up and they found that they had a mutual interest for, for great beer. And, you know, they were kind of disillusioned with everything else on the market. Um, and that just sort of continued to grow. Um, Steve has always been the more hands-on guy. He's the brewmaster. He was the one that was homebrewing everything. And Greg would kind of join in. And it was happening so often that the discussion went from being, you know, what are we going to homebrew next to what are we actually doing here? Because this, be, this could be something. And uh, if it wasn't for that moment, we wouldn't be here talking to you. And, like, 
it's just so cool. Here we are, you know, 22 years later, um, celebrating that with uh, all these wonderful beers that they've produced and other people who have worked for Stone have produced. And um, we are, you know, synonymous with hops because we help to revitalize that whole style, you know, along with other breweries who are really pushing those boundaries. Because back then, we had a hard time selling Stone Pale Ale. Really? It was too oh. aggressive for the oh. market. It's definitely, you know, I feel like the beer scene has, like, definitely changed. And what oh, yeah. The people, oh, yeah, definitely. Flavors, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible to be a part of that, and it's uh, it's so, so fun and humbling to work for uh, a, a, just a wonderful company and work with amazing folks and, you know, especially see kind of what we're, we're doing now where, you know, I had the joy of working with Jose years ago and to see him now developing beers for Stone and, you know, following his path and being able to see that and, like, root for him and be like, yeah, yeah. it's rad, so, you know? It's so cool. He's got, so he's got cool. his own story, and that's and that's rad. So. Well, we yeah. love that you guys met here in Pasadena. That's so cool. So we have a question, because we always ask everyone this on our podcast, because we're pretty in Pasadena. Since you both used to, like, work locally here, do you guys have any, like, favorite places in Pasadena, like a place that you would tell any new person who ever came to town, like, you got to go there? Oh, here. Uh, here. Totally. Yeah, definitely here. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, to be honest, like, when, when I used to work here... This is pretty much where I used to come, you know. Like, Hang out. Yeah, I like I like some bars in downtown as well, you know. And honestly, it's been a while since I've been there, but you know, this is pretty much where I like. Even my days off, I just come here, have a pint, you know, chill, relax, go home. It's like this is the best place, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had a he had a really interesting story too about how he got started with Stone. Oh, okay. Oh. Let's hear that. We'd love to hear. I don't know if we're jumping ahead or, or no. Let's or, go okay, for cool. it. Because we were going to ask you how you guys came to work at Stone. Sweet. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> mine, mine's a long story. So, if you want to start. Yeah, mine's, yeah. mine's pretty boring compared <laughs> to yours. So, so um, Mike, how, did, how does one become a manager of a Stone company? Well, this wasn't open yet when I applied. And okay. that's that's that was kind of the fun. So, we went to a... Um, we being a couple friends of mine and I went to a Stone Tap takeover that was occurring in Hollywood. So, we show up. We heard that Greg was going to be there. And so, we want to do this meet and greet thing. And we show up have a bunch of beers and uh, you know, Greg comes over we're chatting a bunch of salespeople were there and the funny thing that I reminded him about is while I was sitting there I was texting my dad for whatever reason because I don't know if he was just asking where I was at um, so as I'm texting him Greg grabs my phone takes a selfie of himself and sends it to my dad and my dad's like <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> um, but uh, I was talking to some of the guys there, and there was, you know, we were just saying we're really excited about Stone Brewing opening up in Pasadena. Can't wait to go and check it out. We have growlers that we're going to fill the whole nine. One of the guys says, "Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be cool, but I don't know if they have anyone to uh, run it yet." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" And yeah, they're you know they're they're still interviewing, blah blah blah. And I'm you know <laughs> I start leaning really forward, and I go. Um, do tell. Tell, right, me more. tell me more. What do we need to do? Uh, yeah. What should I go do right now? You're like, I um, here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so one of the guys was kind enough to give me his card. And um, that night, I went home, updated my cover letter, updated my resume. Uh, with I, I didn't expect any of that and uh, just sent it in, hit him up, let him know that it was in there. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I ended up getting a phone call about a week and a half later, uh, a phone screen that lasted about an hour and 45 minutes. I was invited to interview in person and drove down to San Diego, um, did like a three panel interview and sat there for about an hour and a half. And uh, my final interview 
happened a couple days after that with Greg. And that was like eight minutes, five to eight minutes, super short. But um, at that point, I felt pretty good. And I remember I got the phone call. I was hanging out with my now wife and uh, my mom. And I had to pull over. And we're all just like, yeah, just super excited and celebrating. And, uh, I love that. I, I accepted the job. Um, and here I am. So I've been at the helm since. And how uh, long have you been with Scott? About six years. Oh, almost there. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's your story, Jose? All right. How this? How this? How did this love affair begin? So, mine is kind of like, well, my dad in 2012, when right before this store opened, my dad moved to Los Angeles, and so it, like a few months before, and so I came to visit. I wasn't even intending on moving. Um, from Puerto Rico, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised there, and I used to fix computers back then. With you know, I had a side job at this like local craft beer bar, yeah. And I used to homebrew as well, but I kind of wanted to like go into like focus like in the brewing industry just to, like see if I could get some education or something, yeah. And then that same week that I visit is the Los Angeles Craft Beer Week, and the first event I come is Stone right at the congregation, right, right in front oh. here, yeah. So I go there and I see like different salespeople from Stone and all that and Greg is there and I start talking to Greg about like you know how I'm a fan and all that and you know like the only beer I had back then was like Arrogant Bastard and Stone IPA because yes. you know that's the only thing that I could get there and you know um, it brought he brought to my attention that there was like this store uh, in Pasadena like like in one or two weeks opening so like he told me to apply and I decided to apply and you know like I went like to the hotel I fixed my resume and all that I never went back I still have my my return ticket with me I'm gonna keep that forever because after that day like it changed my life yeah Oh my no, God. I have I, goosebumps. That's yeah, incredible. I switched careers, you know, and it was, I started in the, right here in the tap room, just like, you know, but with the intention of just like starting an education in beer and yeah. starting a career in the brewing industry as well. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful because Mike gave me the opportunity, you know, and thank, thanks to Stone from grain to glass, I, I've learned pretty much like everything you know like so awesome. and i'm so thankful like will forever be grateful for that you know? that's amazing and oh ew, thank you are you kidding like it's it's fun for me to be able to like root for this guy it's so rad like yeah i love it and that's that's what's really cool about about this you know we're not terribly close to the mothership we're not close to hq but right. we are you yeah, know yeah. it's, yeah. it's that that people connection like, and people. like being able to you know go back down south and say what's up to people and that you know well and it's so rad to share that's those stories so and be cool. a part of that so i love it that's so cool very you know, happy about it and jose you were saying that you know you're so grateful to stone and i feel like stone and like everyone in the public is so grateful to you because here you are masterminding some of these such awesome <laughs> years like you're a gift to everybody as well so thank you thank you for that yeah i appreciate absolutely. it absolutely so speaking about the beer that you brew, we have a couple questions. How do you get like inspired for the different flavors, or like how does how do you make those decisions? Well, uh, our decisions are are based. Um, well, we have a pilot system. That's where we first uh, innovate our beers. Our the director behind that is uh, Steve Gonzalez. And so he, he manages like everything that is innovation and whatever is gonna come out. 
And so we first brew like in seven barrels, like in a seven barrel, which is 155 gallons first, just to like trial it out, like different uh, versions of it. But yeah, he's, he's the mastermind behind it, you know, and oh, wow. you know. That's cool. That's very cool. So how did the 22nd anniversary, like, get, how was the process? Like, how do you pick the anniversary beer? So, well, this year was kind of different. Uh, usually the anniversary beer is brewed by the, the, the brewmaster and, you know, the head brewers as well. But this year, we kind of did a twist. Like, every year we do, it, like, a competition we do for our brewers. It's called the Stone Spotlight Series. And so to raise up the, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the prize was gonna be the anniversary beer. And me and my my buddy Jason, Jason Smith, he's a small batch brewer at Stone. Like we team up and we came with this idea of doing recreating a West Coast IPA with all that juicy character that you need on a beer without being like foggy or hazy. So we wanted to focus on the actual traditional West Coast IPA and you know, bring like a West Coast 2.0 kind of, you know. That's so cool. And so then of all of the people that, that competed in the contest, then you guys were chosen. Is that sort of how it works? Yes, yes. So, uh, which actually one of the beers that we are going to try today uh, was also part of that competition. Oh, Place cool. third, And it's going to be released uh, as well. Awesome. So, yeah. I love that. Now, how do you guys choose? Is it like a group effort? Everyone sort of writes writes down what they think is the best one, or how? Oh, how it, goes, it, it goes through a taste panel with Greg, oh. uh, Steve, uh, Steve Wagner, uh, also uh, Steve Gonzalez, Jeremy, like all, all the big people at Stone. You know. Oh, yeah. cool! Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's yeah. really thank cool. you. Thank you very much. I'm excited <laughs> to taste it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, when I found out that he uh, that you know his team won it, I almost left out of my chair. I was like, yeah. yeah. I know, that is so awesome. Okay, so we have a question then. Is that your favorite memory from Stone so far? Or do you have like another memory that you would want to share with us? I have a lot. I have a lot of them, really. You have one that stands out, well, like yes. is a favorite? Most, most of my memories are at this store. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Wow, there's so many. Okay, so I'm going to... The one that I want to share is the first Enjoy By release that I worked. Okay. Yeah, the first Stone Enjoy by IPA that we brewed, I mean, that we released right here, the line was all the way up to the tracks, down to the congregation. Oh and we had God. beer, yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Oh my I, yeah. Did you have any idea that, like, were you it expecting that, or was it just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Well, I think this was the second release, that when I first started working. So it was already, the like, first the release, Yeah, the first release... Uh, it was smaller than that. And well, the first uh, release we didn't even do here. We hadn't opened up yet for the first release. Oh, okay. Um, so that release that he's talking about was the second official release. Um, and if, if the question is, were we prepared for it? We only had two kegs. And we had a line <laughs> oh that went way back there. Yeah. And so everyone who was like maybe up to the uh, stairwell and inside the store loved me. And everyone post that wanted my head on a stake. Like <laughs> it, I was so nervous because here, we, like we've only been open for not even a month, maybe. Oh and my I'm gosh. so nervous to go out there and be like, "Hey, we just met. I'm so sorry. Hey. We are out." Like, please come back. It was it was insane. I mean, yes. it was it was really something. Oh yeah, God. and also it was it was very intimidating at first because I saw the line up there. Like, oh my I've God, never seen that ever uh, <laughs> happen. Like, it was crazy, and yeah. you know. 
we 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 survived that day. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, I hope you guys take a little bit somewhere for yourselves yeah. too. Have yeah. afterwards. Totally. All right. Well, speaking of beer, let's uh, let, tell us about this beer and let's taste it. Yeah, sure. we've got Absolutely. so we've got four tasters in front of us. All right. So uh, the flight that I set up for you guys, four beers. We're gonna start with the. Uh, Stone Pilot Moje IPA. Moje. So this is, every year we do a, um, and for the past 10 years, a competition uh, at Stone World Beast Room Gardens. Um, it's an AHA competition, American Homebrewers Co- Association competition. Whoever wins that competition gets a release with Stone, and we always invite out a, uh, a third brewer to help along. This was this last winter, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful recipe. It's essentially like an East meets West Coast IPA where we get a lot of that juicy character, but we keep the sort of you know filtered West Coast body, which is really, really nice. Um, so uh, I don't remember the exact build. I want to say it's a Citra, Mosaic, and Amarillo, if I remember correctly, some to that effect. But uh, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful beer. Lots of citrus character. You got some, like, pineapple stuff happening. But it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty righteous. So Awesome. Let's dig in. Yes. Salud. All right. Cheers. Oh, it smells really, really good. Okay, so what's the proper way to taste a beer? Do you want to swirl it and so, smell it? Yeah, we. I'll, I'll always recommend, and, and here we'll always recommend, move the move the glass around. You want to get some of that uh, head to, uh, and CO2 to come out, because that releases a lot of flavor, a lot of aroma, and you want to get your nose in there and really capture that. Um, quick whiffs, really get aggressive with how you're smelling it, because you get a lot of stuff out of that. Um, yeah. And when you sip it, Always make sure that you're not doing the, like, scared front sip because the front of your palate is only going to pick up on so much. You want to almost treat it like wine where you have enough to coat your palate and yeah. move it around, chew on it a little bit, and that's where oh. stuff really opens up. You can taste it. You can really taste it. Yeah, you so, really can. Yeah, when you, so when you do it that way, it's a totally different experience. It's, it's really like fun. Jose is, like, swirling this thing into, like, almost like a froth next to me. I never. You're really good at that. That takes. I'm spilling it, so I'm not good at that. I think it's all in the wrist. (laughs) Can you say? Uh, Either from from the from here, it will be easier for you. That's how you know it's a professional. (laughs) 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 My God, I've never seen anything like that. And we're swirling, and And we're we're sniffing, and we're chewing. We're sniffing and chewing. Okay. Any notes? What What are you guys getting? It almost tastes a little honey to me, but it must be like one of the, I can't remember what you said was in it, but it tastes a little honey-ish to me. I taste um, a little bit of malt in it, but so much of the hops, it's, it's right. really, really just juicy. It's yeah. really good. It's yeah. almost like a like a full mouthfeel sort of beer. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's what I was going to say. Like, I, lo- I love the mouthfeel in this beer. Yeah. The bittering is not super overpowering. Yeah, it's really intense. And you get a lot of like fruit characters. Like you get a lot of like um, I get a lot of citrus. Yeah, I get like pineapple. You get a little bit of uh, like a. You have a. I get stone fruit a lot. Slight, like peaches. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely the peaches. Now, now a beer like this with the citrus. What would you pair this with? Fish tacos. 
Oh, fish tacos. Oh my gosh, yes. This yep. would actually be perfect. Fruit with fish tacos. Yeah, this is like a very, I feel like this is a great beer to like sit outside on the patio and drink. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. With a fish taco. Exactly. <laughs> you think about like having that. And we were chatting a little bit about this before because like fish, for whatever reason, does so well with uh, IPAs, especially because you think about a lot of the times you're enjoying fish, what are you topping it with? You're usually having something really nice and bright. You, you know, Generally, you're always putting some lemon on it. And that's sort of the bridge for the flavor characteristics uh, between the IPA and that fish. It just keeps everything nice, light, and bright. So yeah. it's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, grilled fish. Um, think about having this with like ceviche. Um, it's it's pretty it's versatile. Really and you can uh, you can go further with that. You, he likes doing uh, IPAs with what? With chocolate. M&Ms, M&Ms. especially. Yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> That's something oh, I've that always done. It's like, or Thin Mints or Samoas or with IPAs. I love chocolate with IPAs. Yeah. Cool. That's part but, of the fun. You just got to drink more beer and eat more food. Uh, yeah. So. so my husband actually, last Girl Scout cookie season, he like crushed up some Thin Mints and rimmed a beer glass with the Thin Mints and poured like a stout in there or something. Oh, it that's great. Yeah. So good. Good <laughs> man. I recommend nice. it to everyone. Yeah. It was actually so good. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, this should, is great. Should we try number two? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's so do. number two. Well, this is our our newest release. Cheers. Salud. Cheers. Salud. Salud. And actually, this guy's out tomorrow, but we decided to do a little early tap for y'all. Yeah, Ooh. so we can talk about the beer and all. So this next beer is it's uh, the next release on our Hop Worship series. It's called the Sanctimonious uh, IPA, Stone Sanctimonious IPA. Um, and so what we are doing is that we're showcasing two hops oh, ooh. Um, for each release. And so this release has two of my favorite hops, which is uh, Simcoe and Amarillo, uh, which they're like super fruit forward. They're classic, classic uh, hops. And, you know, it's still my favorite hop combination. I oh, absolutely so love it. Before, like, the Citra Mosaic combination was really a thing. I mean, this is what the classics were sort of built yeah. on. It's a wonderful, wonderful combo. To me, it almost smells a little bit floral, sort of. Like, right. almost like, like some, Yeah, like, it, it kind of smells like... I don't know, not like, not floral, like flowers, but maybe I'm not saying it right, but, like, outdoors. Or sure. Yeah, yeah like, like, exactly. Like That's what I was going to say, like, piney. Simcoe yeah, piney. tends to go yep. that, you know. Yeah. There's literally a flavor compound that uh, is also found in soft blanc grapes that are grown in New Zealand. So you have, like, really similar characteristics there, too, which is really fun. So. Yeah. Now, what is the difference? We've been talking a little bit about hopping, and we've heard about dry hops and different types of hop. What's the difference between dry hopping and wet hopping? Alright, um, dry hopping is what we usually do in the in the industry because it's more accessible to us. So dry hopping is it's uh, after the beer is fermented and you pretty much like dump the yeast. You pretty much want to dry hop it to get all that hop character. Um, the dry hopping term comes because we use pellets, and so they get dried and you know you know crushed. When a wet hop beer is pretty much the whole cone, the whole flower has oh. been added to it, you know. But yeah, the term dry hopping pretty much means, especially for IPAs, just adding post-fermentation on the, you know, on the hops. 
actually have a very funny kind of embarrassing story because so you were saying the little pellets you can get them at like a like a brewery store or something right yeah. so my husband likes to brew some beer at home and stuff like that so we were at the brewery store we were gonna go to dinner afterwards I was starving so I was just kind of wandering around and looking in the bins and I love hops they smell so good so I was like well I'm just gonna sample one of these hop pellets because I love hops so much so one sample of the hop pellet led to like a couple handfuls I was so sick, like, by the end of that trip. I literally, I swear to you, my husband is here, he can vouch. I ate, like, probably at least a cup and a half of, like, dried hot pellets. Oh, my God. I was not okay. I'm proud of you. You might be my spirit animal. (laughs) 70 gallons of beer and hot They just, they smell so good. But, guys, I'm here to tell you, they don't taste the way they smell, like, in their pellet form. Just... Have someone brew them for you. Come to Stone. Have them nice and brewed in your beer. Do not eat them out of the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Lesson yeah. here to like. Don't start replacing your you. peanut jars at whatever bar you go with dry we'll hot pellets. I tried it out for you. That's right, amazing. What's number three, guys? <laughs> Tell us about number three. Oh, so number three is uh, Pile High Club. Um, this was brewed for the same competition that the Animator was released. Um, this was the third, uh, third, uh, third place. Third place, okay. Oh, yeah. cool. And so it was brewed by my coworkers Jenny Freeman and Brendan Klein. Oh, cool. This is going to be released in the future. We wanted to showcase it as well because you know it's, it was part of you know that that spotlight series. You know, and I wanted to showcase it because you know it's a great beer. It's gonna be released soon, and they deserve the credit of this video. The really exciting thing about the uh, about this series too is all top three are gonna be released in some way, shape, or form. So the one that I can talk about, the second release is called uh, "Needle in a Haze Stack." So. Ah! And that will likely have a batch of that, um, hopefully by the end of the month, if all goes well. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. I will be in. Guys, I will report back. Needle in a hazy stack. Yeah, exactly. I will report back. That sounds good. And it was was great, too. Yeah. That, I'm gonna get to work on the 70 gallon thing, guys. <laughs> and I'm gonna start with the needle and a hazy stack. Yeah, that was the second place. It was brewed by Dan Legoma. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. One of our brewers. It's also my friend. So, yeah. All right, let's try this. Well, cheers, beer, guys. guys. Salute. Cheers. Salute. Lots of like taste. lemon coming off of that guy, like Meyer lemon. Um, I could probably drink this on my patio for a while. Totally. Uh, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, this is super good. Yeah, it almost smells like sweet in a way. Yeah, a little bit. All right, like candy, like candy. Yeah, let's taste. It smells like all like the old school lemon candies you used to get back in the oh day. Oh my god! Yeah. Right. Yeah, it actually does. It does taste like, like lemon sunbursts or uh, whatever they're called. Oh, oh, Starburst. Starburst. Yeah. Starburst. Yeah. It kind of has that quality to it on the smell, but like when you taste it, it's just, it completely opens up. There's almost like this uh, guava thing in there on the very back end of it also. Yeah, I Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, after you kind of chew it a little bit and you swallow it, you do get a little bit of an aftertaste. And then it like, it kind of, like, yeah. It's really nice. And that's, that's why it's so important to like move it around. That's yeah. where you get every layer of it, and it's so fun. So fun. For as much as I 
much beer as I drink, I actually never knew how to like properly taste it. So this has kind of opened a whole world for me. It's cool, right? Like yeah. it's so fun. It's so cool. You're and screwed now. But like, like yeah. <laughs> yes. No. This is real. So okay, with this beer, what would you pair this beer with? If you were gonna, you know, maybe cook out or something like that, what would you? If I was doing a cookout on this one, um, especially for like summer cookouts, one of my favorite things to do, especially with beers like this, is uh, grilled fruit, like a grilled pear or a grilled um, peach, oh, is so good. And if you want to get like really inappropriate, and you grill the peach and then you stuff the uh, where the pit was with like a soft cream cheese of some kind. Oh, my oh yes. Oh, yeah. Ah. This is perfect for that sort of thing. Yeah, it's really, really well. You know, I think a cool, a cool thing to do is a lot of the time. I think if you're having friends over or you're doing like a little dinner or whatever, even if it's like a dinner for you and somebody, I think that pairing a beer for each course is such a, such a cool idea. So like this would make a great dessert course beer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. We did a we, last night. We did a donut and beer pairing, and we did a couple IPA pairings, which are yeah, really, really so fun. Cool. And, and it I think does. A lot of people don't they wouldn't think of an IPA to go with dessert. I'm, I'm so tempted right now to go across the way over to our friends at the luggage room. <laughs> and <laughs> no, no. The key lime pie with this. Oh, yeah. That would yes. be really good. Oh think God. about that. Really that that would be... Really do I need to excuse myself? Maybe I'll do this after when I we're all I think we may have up. to do this after. And yeah. just so you guys all know, you yourselves can come here to yeah. the Stone Tap Room, you can to the Stone Company store, and you can also get a key lime pie. You can order and you can order food from the luggage room and have it over here. I personally like the air conditioning better and stuff. It is actually but, better here. Uh, and the people are lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, I love them. Uh, you know, I'm into it. Well, this is delicious. This is delicious. Yeah. All right, tell us about number four, guys. Tell this is uh, Jose's. I, first of all, before we even start on number four, I'm. let me just say, this is the 22nd anniversary beer. I'm so excited for this. All literally since I woke up this morning, all day long, I've been thinking about this beer. Yes. <laughs> Mackenzie keeps thinking it's her birthday because she was like, so excited for this party that we're having right now. I love it. AKA our podcast. I texted Michelle earlier and I was like, I feel like I'm 12 years old and like tonight's my birthday party and like all of my friends are here and we're doing this great thing and like the 22nd anniversary beer is the birthday cake of this entire evening. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just really yeah, excited. It's true. It's the and see, there's no pressure because you already brewed it. Like, it's already released. So, <laughs> yeah, you're done. You can relax. It's like, I'm just, I need you to stop talking. Let's just taste it. Okay. Tell us about it. Cheers. Cheers. And cheers to Stone for 22 years because that's really incredible. It's awesome. Oh, it smells great. Yeah, I took a case of this home. Okay. Also, what So, you first get a lot of, like, grapefruit character. Yeah, it's like biting into a grapefruit, like at first, and then it just like layers to like citrus. I got some pineapple at the end. Oh my god! Is it appropriate to say be- this beer is complex? Like it has Absolutely. like layers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is that it's complex? That it has oh, yes. like layers. Like you experience one thing, and then you experience another thing, and then you experience I you another said something thing. else. Yeah. I was like, what did you just say? And well. <laughs> And honestly, though, now that you're, you know, just what you guys were saying earlier, now that you know how to profile it, that's going to be kind of the case with a lot of the stuff that you go back to. Yeah. If, you, if there's something that you've been drinking for, you know, years, and you try it again like that, it might open up things that you didn't notice were there, and that's so fun. Absolutely. You know, this beer, I feel like almost instinctually, when you take a sip of it, you want to sort of chew on it a little bit. Absolutely. And it right. tastes everything. Yeah, and it's, and it's almost, it's like instinctual almost, and then once you 
finish chewing on it and you swallow it, it's you're exactly right. Like it's a different flavor after you're done chewing on it. Totally. It's a two for one. Totally. Yes. You know. Right. That's that, really interesting. I um. That I was actually. Kind of my first favorite IPA actually was the Delicious. Even yeah. regardless of like the lower gluten, I that was kind of probably one of my favorite first. My first. Actually, oh, yeah. you know what? That's funny you say that, Michelle, because Stone Delicious is like, if I'm ever just at the store or like wherever, and I just need like a solid like go-to IPA, like I've been drinking Stone Delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love trying all the other Stone beers too, and there's always something really unique and cool. But like anytime I'm just like, God, I just need like a good IPA. Yeah. Like Stone Delicious is my go-to. Yeah, beers like that are like the equivalent of your comfy jeans, you know? No, totally. It's something you want to have in your fridge at all times because you're just really happy to, to put that on, essentially. It's, it's, it's excellent. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this is really exciting then. So people who maybe are um, sort of gluten sensitive or anything like that, they can also come and they can enjoy um, the 22nd anniversary beer. Yes, yes. And also, like, what I like also about this beer is that usually the YPAs tend to be pretty sweet at the end. This one, like, the gravity was, like, pretty low, so it, it finishes very dry. Yeah. Like that, like, West Coast IPA kind of character. And also, we use a lot of oats, so it will give you more of, like, a mouthfeel to it, you know. So, it was pretty much intended for that purpose, you know, to, like, have, like, this dry West Coast IPA, you know. What did you hop this guy up with? Well, we, we, we used a lot of experimental, uh, I, uh, experimental hops that we use, but we, we, we mainly focus in Citra and Amarillo. And, uh, oh, okay, so kind of similar to the one of the earlier right. ones. We yeah, uh, we decided to go with it because you know we, me and Jason, my coworker, like we love those hops. And on the small batch, we used to uh, do hop trials, so we kind of like chose like each hop, you know. Those hops don't really have names because you know, like hops are trialed by numbers. Right. Like for example, like, they have like HPC 438 or 06297. You know, which they're like more technical. They're, but you know, like we we got like this this kind of like nice selection of hops, and then we those crazy cigars dry hopping. You know? That totally makes sense. So. I've got a couple questions for this beer because this I know this is a very special beer, so I've got a few questions. First of all, we've been asking, what would you pair this beer with? Cheese plate. A cheese plate. Oh my gosh, oh. you're speaking my love language right now. Well, yeah, I was I was checking some pairing notes in it uh, that Stone did, and one of the things that I saw was like uh, goat cheese uh, filled. Uh, yeah, and I thought and immediately of those bacon wrapped dates across the way. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yes. Some bacon dates. Yeah, exactly. Some bacon so, dates. so I have a question. When you brew a beer, do you before you start the brewing process, when you know what you're putting into it, do you say, okay, if I add this, this, and this, it's going to go well with this, this, and this, or does the beer sort of tell you what it will? Well, yeah, once the, the beer done? does that. You okay. know, yeah, you, it, it just calls you. It's like, yeah. oh, I mean, for example, I like, I, I would like a pizza. Yeah. I think it would be a great beer for that. You know. Well, if you stay a little bit longer, you probably could get. I know. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, I think we're just fortune telling at this point. 
<laughs> and then, okay, then I have another question. So this is called the anniversary beer, which makes me think sometimes people who are maybe celebrating a special anniversary or have something really exciting coming up, sometimes people want to age their beers. Can you tell us a little bit about how you know what beers to age, how to age them, things like that? That's a good question. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so you want to age high alcohol beers, um, but, well, the best thing is fresh. Like, that's how a brewer really wants you to try it. Like, you know, if you age a beer, it goes more with stouts or barley wines or big beers like that because, first, they're higher in alcohol. Like, oxidation won't develop as much. And also, like, for example, IPAs, you need to drink them as fresh as possible because the hot profile fades. Oh, really. uh, okay. Yeah, so... You know, if you want to age, you want to age something that doesn't promote oxidation or something dark that won't get affected by UV light or gets pumped. So, you know, that's why you pretty much age with, like barley wines. Like, for example, one of my favorite barley wines, which uh, we like to our brands, uh, Stone Old Guardian barley wine. And I, I, uh, like, I have pretty much, like, since I started that Stone, I always drink the wine. You know, it's like wood style, just like Imperial Russian style. Because those beers have like an added value to it when they're aged. Yeah, and and if honestly, if you haven't done it before, I encourage you to do it. Just buy bottle this year and then next year, just save it and then next year I'll put it side by side, and it will change completely. And it will, it will be. It's it's an awesome beer to as well. It's it's. That's good. And don't do don't do what I do. Focus on out of sight, out of mind. Oh, don't keep the them in the fridge in, the in front of you because <laughs> the last time I said I was going to age something, I left them in my primary fridge, and I'm like, I'll do three for now and three for later. They yeah. were gone. Oh, no. um, so That's, yeah. What, what's the? Okay, I've got two more questions. I'm sorry, I've got a lot of questions. No, it's okay. okay. I'm just saying. I just want to interject. That's why the garage fridge is key. Having the garage. Absolutely. Fridge. Oh yeah. So Absolutely. That way you can put because I have gotten the enjoy buys and the only way it worked was because it was in the garage and I completely forgot about it. Yeah, it's yes. it's a uh, well, that's that's the best way to store beer because you you avoid off flavors. Uh, you know, and, you know, it's 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 pretty much how it's supposed to be. It stabilizes the yeast. If you're gonna eat your beer and you don't have like a spot in your freezer or something, you just put it on the, like, the darkest place in your in your closet like the coldest well it doesn't have to be like cold cold but you know like you know no light no heat and you know it'll work at least it works for me i know it's hard in la but we recommend 55 degrees or lower so that's why yeah if you have that That beer fridge take full advantage because uh yeah it's incredible how if you leave something out at room temperature how much faster it degrades than something that you have that's going to be refrigerated it's just a much better process Okay, so, yeah, you actually just answered one of my first questions. When uh, my husband and I bought our house, the people that left that, that, like, sold us the house, they had a refrigerator, and we had, like, a nicer refrigerator. So we were, I was like, well, we should just sell this. And Taylor was like, no, we're actually going to make a beer cellar. I was like, okay. So, like, my question was actually, what is the temperature? So we've got it out in the garage. It's got all the great beers in it. So what is the temperature to store beer, to store beers up, to sell our beers? But you already answered. Exactly. So you read my yes. mind, Mike. You know me too well. <laughs> so my other question was, I heard somewhere, and this may just be not true, but I'm with the experts here, so I've got to ask. 
when you're at the store and you're buying bottles of beer, should you look for beers that are refrigerated or not? Because I've heard that if they're like you like the better the beer is kept, the better the beer will taste exactly. them for you. Absolutely. Later. So it's like sitting on the floor at Ralph's or something like for three weeks. Like it's not going to taste the same as if it's fresh and because uh, I noticed here at Stone, you guys keep all of your beers either on tap or in a refrigerator. And we cold yes. ship everything. Always, so everything's always. refrigerated yeah. all the time. Everything, yeah. yeah. Everything. From from when it leaves a brew house to when it hits whatever retailer, it stays cold. It stays cold in our so trucks. That must it be stays pretty cold. important then to Very keep it cool. Important. So like the term skunking a beer, does that mean that it's gotten too hot in the bottle? Well, skunking is a term when, like for example, like when the sun hits Light your struck. beer. Oh, it, it's called yeah. light struck or skunking. So it, there's a compound that UV rays uh, don't don't mix with hops, and so you will get like this bad smell bottle after yeah, so, so that's why you want cold beer because everything that is like in the shelves, like pretty much has like, for example, those UV lights that have like, for example, Budweiser or even right. Stone IPA, like although everything that is like UV rays from either the sun or light that will light struck again yeah and that's why bottles no clear bottles instead of the other clear brands got it because that's why there's it's also why we won't fill growlers that aren't dark glass as a good example of that yeah, because it's not good for the beer oh um, so yeah, yeah it's all of that plays a part okay cool and then I've got one more since he already answered my first question I get, I get to ask one more then okay so this is something that I've heard from a lot of friends just something that I feel like the general community wonders so for so many years canned beer was considered like cheap like, you know, oh, like, you're going to drink a canned beer, like, okay. Like, but I feel like there are so many amazing breweries, and Stone is absolutely one of them, that are brewing amazing beers and putting them in cans. Two questions. A, are cans as good as bottles? And B, why do you can as opposed to bottles? Well, that's why the the can has evolved. <laughs> like, yeah. we can pretty much say it that way. Um... The bottle was the actual vessel for all crap beer, like pretty much all crap beer, because cans weren't as developed back then as right now. You know, like... Like, how many years ago are we talking, like, cans? Because I feel like even, like, 10 years ago, like, if you had, like, a canned beer, it was, like, ew. Well, yeah. Well, it was because, like, you get acquired flavors from the actual can. Right, okay. But now, with technology and all the advancements, like, you know... You don't you don't pretty much get that anymore, and you know it it promotes freshness as well, and you know because it's it's completely sealed. sealed. Like there's no, no way there's, you're yeah exactly. I had and this also, conversation with somebody where you know somebody was going, oh why with the cans? This is crazy. You know bottles are superior, and I go, you like draft beer, right? Oh yeah. You see those cans, those kegs, giant metal oh. containers. Think about yeah. it. It's like <laughs> having six baby kegs. Yeah, and he immediately went, huh. But yeah, like you're drinking beer out of a can and it's super fresh. And it just it, it eliminates the potential skunkiness from being light struck. Um, it's able to get colder quicker. Um, it's just yeah, it's a it's a good good thing. Yeah, and it's also better for the environment. It's yep. it's it's easier to recycle. 
and also it also it's it's easier to carry as well. You know, like it's so true. like bottles are so heavy, and you know they can break. You know, it, there's so many good you know good points on having cans. Yeah, you, know? you show up to the beach with a six pack of you know beer and bottles people are going to be like mm, do you hate the environment but if you show up with right. like a six pack of stone cans people are going to be like do you want to share you're going to make some friends and one well, of the uh, really big things for me too is uh, co2 retention because okay. you lose a lot of co2 uh, over time in a bottle but in a can i mean it's it's staying in there so everything pops off a little bit better that i found so i love an ipa in a can and I, and I doubt you guys can hear this right now, but there's a whirring sound in the background that just happened. That was the crawler machine um, filling up a can of beer for someone to take home some joy. At USC, because everyone knows I went to USC US, and Mackenzie went to UT, uh, I brought a few of those to a few tailgates at USC, and I was the most popular girl. Oh, absolutely, guys, without a doubt. What, what is a crawler? What's a what's the difference between a growler and a crowler? Oh, yeah. For our audience to explain. Trademark. Literally. One's trademarked, one one isn't. Like <laughs> it's Crowler is actually an owned thing. Um, it's an owned property as far as the name. So can growler is a crowler, and you know yeah. that's literally all it is. But it's re- it's really cool though because if you come to Stone and you know, can yeah Stone is like one of you know not every place has this. So Stone yes. is one of the places you can actually come. You can see them literally. Like you taste a beer, you fall in love. I've done it many a time, and you're like, I need some of this home right now. And especially with the fact that we tap in a lot of beers that you won't find out on the market. You know, they're only tap room specific. They're only things that are going to be kegged, only on draft. Um, take it home with you. It's yeah. it's really nice to be able to do that, and uh, it's super easy. The can is a dollar, and whatever the you know fill price is. So and to me, honestly, it's a per- the perfect size because it's pretty much two pints. Yeah, yeah, it and is. That's the why size. you like, yeah. find the bestie. This is besties of beer. Find a bestie. Yeah. Buy a crowler. Split it between the two of you. Keep your bestie. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite kind of beer is something that someone bought for me. So. I'll buy you beer later. <laughs> I think my problem is that, uh, you can count on that if I'm getting one can. That's one beer. So, sure, it might, be, okay. it, it might be the equivalent of two pints, but there's one can in my hand. Yeah, so that's true. That's I've only true. had I one. I only have this one can of beer. I'd yeah. love I mean, to give you some, but I only have one How many beers can. do you have? One? How, one? Many, how many gallons does this American drink? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, see, here's the problem. With a, with a two-liter growler, you have to pour that into a glass. With a can, you don't. And so with that, yeah, I'm having a couple. I've had a couple. I've had a few, you know, whatever that equates to if you're sharing or if you're not. But, you know, I I have a really hard life. Really hard life. I know. I can tell. (laughs) Uh, True or false, crowlers last longer than growlers. If you have a beer and you want to drink it maybe in like a couple days later, crowlers or growlers, which one's the one to go to? Um... Neither. They're about the same. Yeah. So okay. we always, always, always recommend uh, within 48 hours, get into it. Anytime you're pulling something off of a draft uh, system, it, expose, it, it exposes itself to oxygen. That oxygen can oxygenate the beer. So you, you know that if you've ever had a beer that's maybe past its prime, it tastes like cardboard, that sort of flavor aspect, that's oxidation. And that can absolutely happen in any growler. We do our best to make sure that they're filled and you know foam on cap the whole nine to try to ward off any air getting into it. Um, but you just... You you never know. So we always recommend with that format, the sooner the better. Once you open it, don't fear commitment. That's kind of it. So Perfect. Yeah. We are super thankful for your guys' time. Do you guys have oh, time thank for, you a for couple, having us. a couple yeah. more questions? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So 
the penultimate, second to last question. So um, we're curious, what is your favorite thing to make with beer? And the kind of beer, what's your favorite recipe that involves beer? Because or any of the amazing foods, like because you guys have like condiments and there's a whole entire stone, stone cookbook which I own. So our condiments are excellent, but I think I'll start with uh, question A. And if you want to take the lead on that, or you want me to start, uh, go for it. So one of my favorite recipes still to this day, and it's say whatever you want, man. Beer can chicken. It's yeah. still yeah. one of oh the best yes. things to do. <laughs> Thing, Mike, I'm from Texas, and like I grew up on beer can chicken. Right. Like, it's, yeah. My my wife is from Central Illinois. Okay, yeah. That's a big thing there as well. But I mean, I like beer and I like chicken, so the it's two in tandem. Perfect. I mean, it's sort of a no-brainer. But it's it's such a simple thing to do, especially because we are canning so much. You know, pint can, twelve ounce can, whatever. Yeah. Just pop it in the grill, let it do its thing, get a quick marinade on it, and especially when you're using a really flavorful IPA, it's just so so rad. Um, another thing that I really enjoy is substituting beer out for other beverages. So if a recipe calls for, especially with seafood, if a recipe calls for uh, white wine, use a Saison. Ah. Use something like that. And it's, it's really fun to see the, the different expression yeah. there. Um, rather than using red wine in a recipe, use a stout. So if you've ever okay. braised short ribs, which is one of my favorite things, yeah, instead of using red wine, red wine, go ahead and pop a big stout in there and let that sort of cook in. And it's remarkable. That's a great oh idea. Now, oh kind of on the lines of that, um, for the beer can chicken, if what, what kind of beer would you recommend? Like you said IPA, but like, do you, does Stone have any specific ones that are like any super awesome? Any one of them. Honestly, they'll all do really, really, really well. Um, I would recommend a, uh, I'd probably recommend a pint can. Um, just because most recipes call for 12 ounces, and that means you get to drink four ounces of it. Yeah, I so, love that. So, yeah, simple math, right? Like, Perfect. <laughs> that's what I would do, but um, yeah, right? honestly, you can't go wrong with any one of them. Um, they'll all do wonderfully. Cool. Awesome. I'm totally going to try that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, I, when I, I, I go to the ring, like, for example, I did it this week. I do it, like, one of those times. Like, Crock-Pot, tri-tip, tri like, do, like a, like, a regular, like, seasoning. But then some arrogant bastard in it, and then go to work. Oh my and god! And come back. It's all like this totally. changed my life. <laughs> There's yeah. also we also sell uh, the Craft of Stone uh, beer book, and that has a bunch of recipes with Stone yes. beer as well. So if you want like a starting point, it's a wonderful book. It's available here. It's available online. Hey guys, so. we will we will definitely link to that, and we'll give you the address of the Stone Company store if you want to come down here to purchase it. But for sure, we'll put it. We'll put it because it's on online as well. I think. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, okay. Stonebrewing.com. So we'll we'll make sure to put it online for you as well, so you can check it out. I actually bought my husband that book years ago for his birthday. The the um the recipe book. One of my very favorite things to get if you go to the Stone in San Diego um, or at Escondido is the beer cheese soup. Oh my god! Like, yes. It can literally yeah. be yes. like a hundred degrees out, and I'm that like weirdo that's like beer cheese soup. And literally, when you bring it out, I'm telling you, like when they bring the it out, turn their heads. people turn their heads because it smells so fragrant. It's, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the actual best. Yeah. Yes. 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 Exactly. You need nothing else. It's amazing. Totally right. And, and there's one other thing I love too. There was I don't know if they still have it down there, but there's a hummus. But the, the crackers that are served with it are like barley crackers. Yep. And the recipe's yes. in the stone 
cookbook. So yep, we we reuse everything from the brew house. So yeah. that barley will either get made into dog bones or crackers in the restaurant, or we uh, you know send it over to farms as feed. Yeah, that's that's what we mostly do. We, we, we all all goes like either like treats or that or like the We we do it for for farming as well. It's very cool. That's awesome. So get yourself the book. It's it's uh, worth it. It's very nice. Should we ask our last question that we ask everyone? I hate to end this, but yes, let's ask okay. the last question. All right, we're gonna do it. So this is one of the rapid fire questions we ask everyone who's ever been on our podcast. Okay. Okay. So it's the first thing that comes to your mind. However much you want to explain it, you just answer. First question is the only question is, what do you think there should be more of in this world? Mike, you want to go first? I I can go first. Okay, go for it. Uh, what do I think there should be more of in this world? Um, especially because it pertains to uh, us and what we're doing right now is uh, coming to a table, you know, sharing time together. That sort of love that happens as a result of that. And like just this love coming to a table, sitting down, enjoyment, beer, food. That brings everyone from every walk of life together. And it's really fun to be able to see that here where people make friends with people they wouldn't have ever thought of because they have that thing that just sort of binds them together. And there's that mutual enjoyment. It's a beautiful thing. So it all revolves around that. It's all people. Habs, that's wonderful. I completely agree. What about you, Jose? What's a, what's, no what pressure, Jose, but mine is really good. <laughs> 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 of course. No, Cheers I think, to that, Jose. I agree with you. Yeah. Cheers to that. No, um... What I think is uh, kindness. There's nowadays that has fallen so so hard. You know, like there's not much kindness anymore. Like everyone's like on its own. Like should, everyone should like like Mike said. You know, like like take care of each other. You know, like be be empathetic with each one. You know, I think that will be. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I think kindness is super nice. And totally applicable. Mackenzie wants me to ask you two more questions. We, because yeah. she's we dying to have you answer I just the, need to the know. three questions we ask For everyone. Sure. Yeah. All right. So here we go. When you, first thing you think of, and then it's going to go you and then you. I'm saying, I'm pointing to Mike and then Jose, just in case you're wondering. Okay. When you hear the words, a strong woman, who is the first person you think of? My mother. My girlfriend. Nice. I love it. Okay. Who's the second person? My wife, because she has to put up with me. <laughs> my mom. Oh, yeah. The first one was my girlfriend because of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom went through, like... These are two very smart men. Smart men, yeah. 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 I'm kind of hard to deal with, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got one more for you guys. Yeah, very last, you. very last rapid-fire question. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, Two-tiered. One of them is you're not as young as you think you are. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the other was fake it till you make it. Um, hey. I used to be very shy, um, almost like borderline antisocial. Totally. And um, it was really difficult for me to come out of that. And out of high school, I took a sales job specifically to learn how to talk to people, learn how to introduce myself. I would never have gone up to anyone and shaken their hand and smiled and said hello. That was beyond my ability. And so that was a, a big thing for me is, oh is yeah. All right, that was very brave of you to like, you know, jump into something like that that you probably like weren't comfortable with, 
but that just kind of goes to show if you step outside of your comfort zone, amazing yeah. things can happen. But amazing now I have to apologize because now I don't shut up. Uh, well, I love like coming it. to see you, Mike, because you and I both <laughs> love to talk. So totally. I love totally. that about It's you. a beautiful thing. All right, Jose, best advice you ever received? Um, when I was 12, my dad told me knowledge is power. Uh, who reads controls the world? And he gave me the hub. That was pretty much oh, my first book. Wow, I love this. Story. And since then, I've always kept that to heart. No. That's so cool. Yeah. I agree power, you. you know, oh, learn totally. as much as you can. Yep. Yeah. Never um, stop learning. Oh, oh. exactly. Learning. Thanks, thanks to that, I, I am where I'm at. And I'm grateful. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, totally. and I think another thing, too, is, like, don't be afraid to admit that, like, you don't know something. Like, I admit I don't know stuff literally all the time. So and I learn that. things all the time because like if you act like you're too good to like learn anything new you're never going to get any further so, so I love that yeah. like your super, story super you know your story like totally inspires me like that is so cool so love it alright in closing guys um, can you guys tell us something that's coming up uh, uh, with Stone something that's coming up in the near future uh, yes the anniversary <laughs> anniversary yes. event anniversary so, anniversary uh, so, so um, it is the 22nd anniversary and uh, we're going to be in Cal State University San Marcos uh, on Saturday, on uh, Friday and Saturday. Friday we have the VIP Brewers reception uh, and Saturday and Sunday we have both uh, sessions for the anniversary party. Um, you should go, uh, all, everything goes to charity, That's all so proceeds, awesome. yeah, we've been, we've always been adamant to that, you know, and honestly, like, it's super fun. It's good to be there, and you know, you guys should go. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of folks who yeah, just I, love craft beer. Everyone thing. who's listening, just like get a ticket, have fun with us. Yeah, you see me around. Yep. I'll be there as well. <laughs> so. Amazing. So people can expect what they can expect: amazing tastings, beers, food. I imagine. Yes. Yep. So it's it's one of the best uh, beer festivals in the, in the country. I would say. So 40 plus breweries that show up. Each one of them has uh, something special there. And you just go around, have fun, unlimited beverages. Careful. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's rad. And it's all for good causes, too. So we're, so, we're really, so really so excited about that. Where can people get tickets if they want to? Go to stonebrewing.com. Check the events portion of that page. Um, and it's all done through Eventbrite. So, um, uh-huh. yep. It's but hurry a, up and do it because it's like now. You know, exactly. Hurry, like, yeah. Don't sit around and be like, oh, next right. weekend because you're going to be Friday the 17th out. for the reception. Right now. Oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, they're rad. And along with that, too, we also have um, a couple new beer releases coming up. So tomorrow is the uh, release of the Sanctimonious, which oh, yes. we tried today. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, that's a, the last this. of the, the hop worship series that we've been working on all year. And we're really excited about it, as you saw. Like, we love that hop combo. Uh, plus lots of other fun stuff that's going to be coming through yeah, the pipe. So. we got new beers coming out, new collaborations coming out. So the collaborations are going to be fun. They're going to yeah. be some really, so, really fun that's ones. That's awesome. Expect a lot of great things. They have, like, this collaboration with Pizza Port. That it's called the BFF. BFF. Oh, and I am like obsessed <laughs> with that. So good. Beer. Like it's so yeah. good. Okay, yeah. I offered to buy you a beer. I think you need to buy okay, me the BFF. I will buy beer. you some BFF. It's my my tradition. Right. Anytime I have to go down to San Diego, because I go down every three months for staff meetings or anything like that, um, and I always have to stop off at Pizza Port, yes. get myself some food, yeah, get yeah, a beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the way back, I always got to make sure I have a pizza with me, otherwise my wife will kill me. Hey, oh, well, yeah. that's viable. Yes. I get that. Yep. <laughs> totally. totally. 
So you guys have all this fun stuff coming up. How can people keep in touch with you guys? You got a few options. So you can uh, always follow us at uh, Stone Brewing on all social media channels, on Facebook, on Instagram. Here at Pasadena, Instagram Stone Pasadena um, or Stone Store Pasadena on Facebook. Um, and I'm always here. So I'm happy to say what's up to you and high five you and get you a beer anytime. And where are they finding you, Jose? Awesome. Uh, and also, I mean, if you guys want to add me on Instagram, beer villain. Beer villain. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's I pretty like much that. my, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we love it. This has been such a fun time. This has uh, been actually yeah, you the guys best are time. amazing. So thank, thank you, you so much. much. This thank has been super fun. And tasting so with fun. Us. We have to like wrap it up really fast here because I don't know if you can hear in the background, but we have a lot of fans here for Jose. Yeah, um, Jose's a very popular guy. And I never got to share one of my favorite memories, oh, so yeah. I'm going to have okay, to do that okay. offline oh. just because it's not terribly appropriate for this okay. yes. Time right. to embarrass Jose. Yeah, I'm going to find you. I want to hear this story. I love but, it. But in follow-up, we just want to say thank you to Stone Brewing. Um, we have a few people to say thank you to on our podcast because today's microphones are brought to you by AEA Ribbon Mics. Um, we also want to say thank you to Five Acres, who's been our nonprofit of the year, all year. And we need to say thank you to Becca Reed, who's helped us with social media and things online of all sorts. And Mackenzie and I need to thank our official photographers, our audio engineers, and pretty much our go-to guys at any time. Also our husbands. Also our husbands. Taylor Mize and Walter Simonson. Because without them, none of this would happen. And thank you to the city of Pasadena for being the place that we love. And this incredible place where all of us are able to get together. This wonderful community. Yeah. And if we didn't live here, where would we be? I mean, come on. I wouldn't be here drinking beer with Mike and Jose and you. That's for sure. That's for sure. Or hearing the upcoming stories for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) And in final, we just want to also, for anyone who's listening or tuned in this evening, we want to let you know that this event was also held in support of Five Acres and their mission. And if you're wondering to yourself, who is Five Acres and what do they do? They're our nonprofit of the year, and since 1888, they're literally one of the oldest nonprofits in all of Los Angeles. 130 years this year they're celebrating. Yes, and they've been committed to strengthening children and families and empowering them within their communities, and they really strive for permanency. And if you've been wondering what that means, um, it includes um, all kinds of care for everyone in, in, in need. And, uh, and we wanted to thank you to all of you guys, and everybody can come meet the brewer now, and we're going to have a great time. <laughs> thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers, Cheers. 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 Thank you for having us. Salute. Cheers. Thank you, Simonson Sounds, for music, engineering, and sound production. Thank you to our amazing photographers, Taylor and Walter. Thank you to all of our family and friends for your constant love and support. And a special thank you to the city of Pasadena for providing the perfect place to call home. 